My guest today is Michael Bush, CEO of Great Place to Work, the global authority on workplace culture. Previously, Michael was CEO of Tetratech Communications, a billion-dollar global telecommunications infrastructure firm, and he was a member of President Obama's White House Business Council. Great Place to Work makes it easy to survey your employees, uncover actionable insights, and get recognized for your company's great culture. Michael Bush, welcome to the Good Company Podcast. Thank you, Barbara. Very happy to be here, especially at this point in time in 2020. Maybe we can start with talking about why is being a purpose-driven leader so important right now? And personally, Michael, what does it mean to you? Yeah, well, thanks, Barbara. Right now is a time where we've got uh, COVID-19 and we've got racism. So two viruses, one virus that's uh, 10 months old and another virus that's 401 years old. And they have put an enormous weight on all of our organizations and all the people in them. And leaders have had the, the, the choice prior to 2020 to decide, well, I don't really want to talk about th- those things. You know, leaders definitely didn't want to talk about public health issues and now they have to talk about public health issues. And leaders who didn't have the time to talk about public health issues now have found time to talk about public health issues. So leaders who don't want to talk about racism, racial injustice, some are now finding the time to talk about racism and racial injustice. And I believe that the leaders who are doing that are ones that feel their organizations are here to do much more than just return profits to their shareholders. Their organizations are here to serve their people and the communities that they live in and can do those two things and make money too. So I believe those are purpose-driven leaders that, that if you're focused on one stakeholder, like the shareholder, you're not purpose-driven. Um, a, a purpose is much, is much bigger than that. And employees now, uh, based on being faced with these two uh, crises, at the same time, forcing them to be fragmented and working from basements and bedrooms and the corner of a kitchen table, Um, while some are still going to work every day and haven't missed the day at work during the whole experience, this mixture of things, while people are losing jobs, has really questioned, caused people to question, what am I doing? You know, and and why why am I I doing it? And why am I doing this? And and so uh, they want to be in an organization that answers that question in a similar way to to them, you know, that, that, that they care about their physical health and the physical health of their family and their community. They care about their mental health and the mental health of themselves and their family. They care about their financial health and the financial health of themselves, their families, and their community. And they know we live in a divided country in the US while the whole world watches. So when you put all those things together, you start to think about profit as being important, but not critically important. Because why have a lot of profit and yet have these things being true, which create a lot of pain for for all people. The purpose-driven leader sees this as the opportunity to do something that's better for business, better for people, and better for the world, and wants to pursue that, and is willing to talk about what they believe in and what they don't believe in. Nobody cares who you voted for, really, other than water cooler talk. But people do care what you believe in. Right. And so the purpose-driven leader, now is the time to articulate those things, because employees want to know. 
why they should lean in and give 150% of themselves to an organization that doesn't believe in the same things that they believe in, uh, which turns a career or uh, an opportunity into a job, which the last thing we want is for our employees to feel like they have a job. <laughs> what a radical statement. Uh, that's going to be big news to some CEOs and to a lot of leaders, right? Uh, you know, being a boomer myself, a lot of us grow up in a world, you know, with our parents and all that, you were damn lucky to have a job, right? Remember yeah. that phrase? You're damn for lucky sure. to have a job. <laughs> uh, and now the last thing we want is for our poor employees to feel like they have a job. But yeah. that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. That is the truth of the world that we're living in. Let's talk about um, this subject you raise that employees want to know what you believe in. Yeah. And they want to feel that they can align with that. And, you know, I, I, I know you, I follow you, I've done my homework before today, and I've seen you talking about the idea that even if a leader, maybe I got this wrong, even if a leader, you know, doesn't believe in what their people believe in, they still need to align around that purpose, around the organization's purpose, even if it isn't their purpose. Yeah. Now I have a different perspective on this, but I want to hear okay. yours first. Right. Go for oh, it. Well, Go that's for good. It. I love it. I love it, Barbara. You know. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the things that that the purpose-driven leader believes is that their organization should somehow make the world better, and they have a way of making that true for themselves. You know, it often includes a little delusion, but <laughs> but but they have a way they have a way of doing that. And so, th therefore, if you say we really are here to to make the world better. And then you say, um, and then they say, but I don't believe that, that the climate's changed at all. And I really don't feel like man has, in, has had, in, and human beings have had anything to do with, with things that are going on in the climate. So this is a personal belief they have. And, but their employees are basically saying, you know, we actually think that we, what we do and what our organization does and what we do as human beings actually affects the climate. So this is a case where believing two different things, yet both are saying we want to do things that are better for the world. I believe that the purpose-driven leader knows to really ignite the fire that exists in all their employees is far more important than what they personally believe. That if you can get hundreds of people fired up about something um, and capture their hearts and minds, it's far better than not having that and having yourself so confident in what you believe in. So I would defer. I believe the purpose-driven leader says, you believe climate's important. We both agree on being better for the world and you really believe in it. You survey them, which is what we do. And they say, we absolutely believe in it. As a matter of fact, um, this is one of our top three issues in our lives is the environment. I'm like, I'm on board with the environment personally. I'm on board with the environment now because my people want that. And if I can align with them, which is the ultimate show of respect is listening to them and changing my point of view. That's what respect is. If I'm just going to hold on to my beliefs, I'm limiting myself as a leader. And certainly I'm not super inspirational, but if I'm willing to change my mind, you know what? For me, I just don't see it. And the science, it doesn't link up for me, but I'm willing to take a leap of faith. I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to alter my point of view. Now, in honesty, 
I don't think this is going to make a difference. But if you're behind it, I'll get behind it uh, in order to 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 get you ignited. And uh, the, so I believe that that's the the role of a fundamental of, of a purpose driven leader. If a leader is just going to continue to believe what they've always believed, then, you know, I believe that they'll do great in one dimension. Like profitability, lots of examples of that. But if you actually want to do something that uh, complexes, that solves complex problems that exist in society, uh, and, you know, in your communities, and drive a business with that's innovative, which means you're getting innovation by all. The only way to get innovation by everybody in your company who has a smartphone is to connect with them where they are super passionate about their work, because they're in a place where they know they're respected, their leader respects them, and the people love it when they know their leader has changed their point of view. I dealt with a CEO this morning who voted for one political party four years ago and another one this year. And the people in that particular organization, I'm not judging it, are super excited that this leader changed their belief and, and their point of view. You hit on several things that are so powerful. And I still have an alternative viewpoint around one particular area. For sure, the listening CEO, it's the only option if you want to really lead. It's the only option for any leadership position, not just the CEO. You've got to be constantly surveying, paying attention, and really uh, creating a safe place for people to express what they think and listening to that and reacting to it. So all in there. But here's the thing. Uh, even in our new world, every CEO I know and all of my clients have big egos in the best possible way, right? And you have to have that to sit in that seat and to do that role. You have to have an overdose of self-confidence along with humility, along with an overdose of humility these days especially. But if you don't have a healthy ego, and strong beliefs and clarity about what you think about things, uh, you're going to be hamstrung in that leadership position. So if you have a position or a belief about what's most important for your company to focus on, and I think drawing that polarity between, you know, believe it or not in climate change or profit is maybe a little too far apart or too wide. It's more in the things that are closer where we get hung up. Should this year be focused, you know, on driving the product that's going to have an impact on this arena that we think is central to our mission? Or are we going to put resources on diversity, equity, inclusion? You know, that's where things get difficult and parsed. Um, but even if you're talking about a difference in values, or a difference in emphasis on values, is which is what it's more likely to be. The CEO overemphasizes one thing over another, and the employees have the reverse focus. I work with the CEO to get really clear about their values, because in the end, that ego will drive the culture of the business. The CEO's real beliefs, their core beliefs, is going to be reflected in the culture of the company. The things they think are important, that trickles down. So that's my dilemma with what you're saying, is that I'm not sure how many CEOs could actually do what you're talking about. 
And I'd rather have a CEO be do the inward work to get really clear and honest about what they think and believe and communicate that and get into an honest discussion rather than trying to leapfrog to kind of pasting over and stuff that I think is going to fall apart in the doing of it because he, he or she is not going to be fully behind it because they don't believe in it. Yeah. Over to you. Yeah. So I'm with you on the process to get to where I am. <laughs> Again, you know, I, 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 to me, you just outlined a process on getting there. Um, yeah. But but the 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 leader you just described, um, you know, I think that we're both describing as the purpose driven leader. You said curiosity. I believe in curiosity. I just put humility in front of it. And, and so the, the humility is you've got to when you're clear on what you believe, you need to question it or society awesome. will stay as it is today. That's the problem. Everybody is so clear on what they believe and they need to probe it. They need to think about it because their beliefs are not the truth. That's the thing. So because anybody who went to school to get their beliefs didn't get the whole truth in their history class. I know that. I got one page on black history in, history, in my history class, okay? And thought that black people were started as slaves and that was their, that's all they were. I didn't get what happened before that. So your beliefs are, I think, should be questioned. If you're going to talk about, though, connecting with a large group of people who are diverse in their experiences and some see the world quite different than you, you're going to do better if you question your beliefs and, and, and are willing to suspend um, what you know and move more into the I don't know. And that's what gets people fired up. And that's what a bunch of fired up people is going to propel, propel your organization forward in a way that you can deliver the financials and so much more. And I mean superior financials. The leaders that I'm talking about, you know, I could I kind of know who they are. I've been texting with them the last few days um, as they're moving their organizations through post-election trauma. Um, those leaders, these leaders are outperforming the S&P on a four to one basis. So I'm not talking about people who are, oh, we're not doing great. I'm talking about people who are crushing it in the market right now. Um, Midsize, small, and large are outperforming their peers because they've unlocked their people in the way that I described. And they have the humility. These are leaders, Barbara, when I say to them, you're a great leader, they go, it's my team. That's the thing. The leader who goes, thank you, is the ego-driven leader. That's not the purpose-driven leader. Any leader who says thank you right. is not the purpose-driven leader. You're correct. Uh that where I was at and am at, because it's where I work, is the process. The process to get there. And uh, there's no question about the power of that listening. I love the way you articulated it. And, you know, one of the other things I've heard you talk about, Michael, is, and we've all seen this happen, that sometimes it takes that defining moment for people to realize uh, I think you talked about it in your butterfly speech, which I love, uh, you know, where you have a kid that has autism and you suddenly realize that there's value in people of all types of ability, uh, or your, I loved your example, you know, your kid, your, your white kid 
brings a black kid home to dinner or the other way around and you have your guess who's coming to dinner moment and you have to take a second look. But at this moment in time, I question whether we have time for everybody to have that epiphany. Whether perhaps seeing that George Floyd video was that for a lot of people and whether you think that maybe we're at a moment where we don't all have to have that personal experience and we can open our arms and lean into the collective experience. What are you seeing in terms of racism in particular and difference generally? Yeah, I, I do think that uh, the, you know, George Floyd's murder, um, you know, was felt around the world. Um, I know this because I have offices in 48 countries and most of the probing about the election um, that I've experienced over the past seven days has been from our leaders outside the U.S. All saying, we're hoping for a different U.S. So, so th this is, people can judge that however they want. That's my experience. Mm -hmm. um, that they're like, look, we look to the U.S. and this is really, you know, strange. And so, so that's number one. And so back in the U.S., um, you know, where we are now, I think we have three types of leaders. Um, we have the leader who is, um, that's a societal issue. It doesn't really affect us at work. Um, we have that leader, plenty of them, plenty of them. And then we have leaders that, you know what, um, we're going to do something about that in our company. Uh, we're going to make sure that everybody in our company knows our feeling on racial injustice and they've made statements about it. Um, and then some have gone beyond that to actually take actions. And these are purpose-driven leaders that they don't think diversity and inclusion, I can do that or something else. They think diversity and inclusion is the only way they're going to succeed. There's the difference. It's not a choice. This is how we're going to achieve our greatness for all stakeholders, including our employees and the communities that they live in. So they, they don't see it as a choice. Other leaders who, you know, aren't, aren't really going to make much progress. They see it as a choice. And they're trying to do a business case on diversity and inclusion, um, that if you treat people in an equal and fair way, that's, you know, is that really going to help your business? So, you know, that that's a, a, a point of view that, that is, is, is dominant. And then there's the groups in the middle, which are leaders who are like, you know what? Something about this I think I need to think about. And I need to learn about that's that curious leader. So, you know, I, I like to think two thirds of the leaders are seriously different now and feel a different obligation to their employees. And there's a, a third. Absolutely. Don't. They, they feel like that's separate. I don't really want to talk about those things. And let's get back to fighting COVID and moving our business forward. So. Um, I, I think that that's our situation. George Floyd was one thing. That was just Black Lives Matter. They'd love to talk about that now. Uh, whereas they didn't want to talk about it then, but they'd love to be talking about that compared to what they're talking about today. Um, which is the fact that we have a country with two different beliefs. Two, two different beliefs. And yet we want to talk about allyship for diversity and inclusion and there's some parts of the U.S. It's hard to find an ally. Look at the map. It's hard to find an ally. And, and so all of this is, is up, you know, in question. 
and it's made the CEO's job more complicated, but that's why you're in the job. If you got the ego, handle it. That's right. Um, and, and, and so um, I, I think th- that's where we are. And am I hopeful? Super hopeful. Super Okay, hopeful. why? Why? How is a company, how is a CEO uh, going to bridge that divide when they have people in an office that sit on both sides of this fence? I think that the purpose-driven leader has to be able to articulate the purpose of the organization and the values and what the organization believes in. And I'll tell you the words that are in everybody's value statement. Equality. Equity. Compassion. Care. Integrity. These are the words. Okay, uh, we know we know these words. We we know these words. Since we've got them, and since you know most CEOs can recite them these they, days, that's they, a good they thing. They sure can. So why is it so hard? How come they're all you know texting you? What are what's the challenge? The the challenge is that they're now being tested because it's easy to say those things, but now employees are saying, "Hey, if those are the right words." Um, then how come one person can say something and another person say something and that person thrives in terms of their career projection and another person doesn't? How come, you know, one person can say um, all lives don't matter and still remain in a senior position in a company? Because that doesn't seem like caring or compassion. That sounds like a statement that's used to hurt someone. So why is that happening? And I'm using this as an example because it's real. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's real. So um, th- this is the t- and so this is what the CEOs are like. Mike, this is happening. And so yeah, we we have a way a recommendation um, on how you set up those conversations. And you let people know that, 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 um, look, these are the kind of comments, we call them green comments. And you say these and they help the whole organization learn. They're compassionate and thoughtful and in line with our values. These comments, we call them yellow comments because these words can actually make people really feel uncomfortable, but we wanna be able to say them. These comments are orange comments. They make people really uncomfortable lead to frustration and anger, but we're prepared for them. These comments are red comments. They'll get you terminated. Right. So you let so people... So your orange and red are your trigger words and phrases that you just don't say. That's it. You let people know in in advance and then how to t- change... You know, if you, if you really don't feel like all lives matter, there's a way of saying it without saying, I don't think all lives matter. It's... Um, I'd like to see the research, you know, and the point of view on what's going on in society that makes people think that all lives don't matter. That's a way of saying it. It's by asking a question, but you have to be thoughtful and all you have to do is live out your values. Well, the CEO has to do the same thing and the CEOs who don't wanna talk about these things, they have to know that they've got a group of people who after George Floyd's murder, it was tough to come to work. It was really tough to Zoom. And, and this is black people and white people. This isn't just, a lot of people had a tough time. Well, you gotta know that. And, and, and as a purpose-driven CEO, you have to care about that. And you have to know that, that, that you, you have a responsibility if you care about those people. Now's your moment to show. 
But if you put out a statement, as a few tech CEOs did, and said, we will not talk about those things at work, then take care out of your right. value statement or define what care means. Right. We care about people who don't bring societal issues into work. Say that. Join Michael and I again next week when we'll pick right up on this conversation and delve deeper into the story of Michael's personal journey to For All Leadership. In the meantime, run do not walk to greatplacetowork.com and take advantage of the power of getting certified as a great place to work company. You'll find Michael and all the information about the Great Place to Work employee survey and certification at greatplacetowork.com. If you like what you're hearing, you'll find all the Good Company episodes on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. If you're curious about working with me, send me an email, barbara at shannon-solutions.com. Till next time, stay strong and carry on. I'm Barbara Shannon, and you are listening to the Good Company Podcast. <laughs>